0: Hey, this is Marty McFly and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on Core Temp Arts.
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute, are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast?
0: Welcome to Podstalgic, my name is Peter. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and we discover movies new and old. And for this review, we are reviewing a new movie and joining me on this review is Joshua. Hey, Josh. Hey. <laughs> All right, well, Josh is my buddy. Um, f- obviously, this is your first time joining, but we are going to talk about the 2017 horror movie, Get Out. Uh, this was written and directed by Jordan Peele. Uh, so basically what we're going to do here is we're going to give a non-spoiler recommendation whether we recommend or not recommend the movie i guess you know and we're going to talk i don't know as vague as we can about our thoughts on the movie and then i'll play a trailer to give you the listener the chance to pause the episode if you have not yet seen this movie uh obviously after watching the movie come back resume play but that'll give you the opportunity to pause so that way you don't hear any spoilers and believe me you do not want to get spoiled on this movie so um just a little bit more about this movie. Uh we got Daniel Kaluuya who plays the uh, Chris Washington who is the lead in this movie. Uh the love interest is uh Rose Armitage played by Allison Williams. Katherine Keener plays her mother. Bradley Whitford plays her father. Uh, her brother is played by Caleb Landry Jones. And anybody else we want to mention?
1: Uh, I mean, no, those are the main characters right there. Pretty um, much the family. I mean, right, we should yeah. give a
0: little shout out to Lil Ray Howry, who plays right. uh, Rod Williams, um, his best friend, Chris's best friend. Right. Um, actually, you know, let's throw in uh, the guy who plays Andre as well, uh, Keith Stanfield, uh, mm. who is um, who was in Atlanta as well. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Did you watch The Atlanta?
1: I saw a little bit of it. I haven't watched all of it yet. Um, I've been kind of busy, unfortunately. I haven't been able to watch a lot of uh, uh, serials, shows, you know. Sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a a great show. I I recommend checking that out for anyone that has not seen it. But, um, yeah, so Get Out, Joshua. When did you first, like, hear about this movie?
1: Um, I actually heard about it, uh, so I, I don't have television i don't have any commercials so i don't know if it was playing on commercials were playing on tv or anything but i heard about it on uh like a youtube trailer or something like that um it just sort of popped up and i i had no idea it was coming out i watched the trailer and was extremely excited watching the trailer because uh this kind of film was uh when it's done well is right up my alley so um that was i mean maybe maybe a month ago or something it wasn't long ago uh but as soon as i saw the trailer i got really excited
0: yeah, for me, I probably heard about it about the same time as you, I believe, about a month ago. Uh, my producer, Carly, who runs Core 10 Parts, she actually asked um, if I had seen the trailer for the movie or uh, asked if I was going to be covering it. And before this podcast, I typically didn't do a lot of new releases, but uh, I revamped the show and thought that I would include some new releases um, going forward. And so I watched the trailer and it creeped me out so much. I was like, I, I got to watch this, you know, and it was kind of a listener request. So I thought I thought, you know, this be a good movie to to do that with. So going into this movie, I wasn't sure how scary it was. But did you hear anything like uh, did you see any posts or articles
1: on on uh, social media or the websites? No, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't look it in, into it too much. Um, like I honestly didn't even realize, I, I think I saw Jordan Peele's name, uh, attached to it when I saw the trailer, but it didn't like click for whatever reason. Um, I never, I didn't think about it much. I just saw the trailer and got really excited. Um, because, uh, what the trailer was really done, uh, really well done rather. And, um, uh, I knew I had seen Daniel, uh, Kaluuya from his black mirror episode from the first season, the second episode of black mirror and really enjoyed his performance from that. So I was like, oh, great. Um, that'll be good. And then just the, the trailer really just cap- me, captured me. I, I didn't really feel the need to, to, um, to do any research or look up anything beyond that. I was just, I, that. just that looks like a movie that I want to watch.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm not a huge horror guy, so I definitely had some reservations going into this movie. Uh, but I did check out a, uh interview that he did with Big Boy um, on YouTube, which I also recommend listeners checking out. Uh, it's spoiler-free. They don't talk any details or anything like that. But he does uh, mention how he's been working on the script for a very long time, even up to the moment, like, nearing its release. You know, so things kept on changing and i'd actually be very curious to see what some of the changes were you know uh during that process but this movie it's kind of a like a genre bender i guess because it does have some comedic elements as well you know mm-hmm. jordan peele being a comedian and um an outstanding writer i thought this was uh, written pretty well
1: yeah i completely agree no i would say uh i really enjoyed uh that was one of the things that really captured me about the film was uh how well the writing was the dialogues it was uh um i thought uh both funny and um able to shift tonally uh according to what was going on in the film um and and really well done like a a real credit to the actors to be able to shift back and forth between those uh um the comedic tones and uh and uh horror tones within the film um I just wanted to throw
0: out that you do have like a background in writing too. So um, I I think that's cool that 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 kind of sticks out uh, to you. Um, Now, on the topic of writing, I feel like everybody, even, you know, the the, the little bit of comedy in there, I feel like everybody is pretty realistic. Like, I don't think any of these people were actually characters. Um, And I'm trying to stay vague, obviously. But uh, for the most part, I feel like a lot of the, the you know the main characters in here, they're all pretty realistic. Like you, you would know someone like these people
1: right yeah no uh that's um i would completely agree like uh the writing again i think the the writing was very well done in that everyone was very convincing um as uh as as characters like um not not over the top um sort of caricatures but uh actual people talking in the film uh which is really actually very hard to do um uh, you've seen a lot of films with bad dialogue and it just sticks out and it totally pulls you out of the film but there was like no point in in this film that uh any of the conversation between characters uh uh, felt awkward or or felt forced or anything like that unless it was i guess purposefully written into the film to feel that way like i think there was a really high uh degree of um of mastery over the dialogue in, in particular in this film
0: Yeah, I I think a lot of the the acting and the the delivery is very organic. Even like some of the moments where it's just, you know, two characters speaking to one another, I feel they kind of do things physically, you know, whether it's like a certain head nod or, you know, a movement of the arm or something to just kind of keep the viewer, uh, I guess, engaged as opposed to kind of just getting bored with like maybe a, a scene that otherwise might be dry. So... I, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I thought the acting was very good. Now, on this, did, did this, do you have like a, like a scare test? Because this is a horror movie, right? People want to know if they will get scared. Like, do you, do you have some kind of test to kind of gauge it, whether or not this was scary?
1: Um, I don't. I guess not specifically. I will say that there was a moment where I definitively like jumped in my seat, um, which doesn't happen very often. That's pretty rare. Um, I don't, I don't, um, get that from a lot of movies. I, I, uh, uh, especially like, um, horror movies. A lot of times, uh, I, I really enjoy the genre, uh, for one. So, uh, I can be very like critical. Um, it's very hard for me to get into certain, um, horror movies because they're just something is a little off. Like you're just sort of uh, that suspension of disbelief is not quite there. And um, in this one, I I, I was, I was really pulled in. And so uh, in a couple of moments, there's not, that's the thing I think about this horror film is that it's not a jump scare, like horror film at all. Um, And yet there were a couple moments where I was definitely uh, feeling tense and, uh, and, and I, like I said, I even jumped kind of in my seat.
0: Yeah. The, the the test that I have is the uh, you know I come home, do I have to turn on the lights? Can I can I maneuver around my house with the lights off? <laughs> yeah. So I will I'll tell you what I drove home. You know we're recording this after midnight, but it was about midnight on my way home, and I was legit scared. You know because I was driving <laughs> by myself. I I had the music a little low. Maybe I should have turned it up a little a little bit louder. But I got home. The first thing I did, I was I I turned on all the lights, <laughs> all the lights. I was that creeped out. Um and and again you know I'm speaking from a guy who is not big into horror movies and it is kind of um I, I think it does take a lot to really scare me you know that way mm-hmm. and this movie is kind of like uh, it, it's got a bunch of twists you know which right. we will definitely get into in the spoiler section and I think the scene that you were just referring to I think I have an idea what you're talking about but on the subject of being scared I felt like all the jump scares were earned None of oh, them were yeah, fake
1: definitely. outs. Uh, yeah, I would completely agree. It's not um this this isn't a movie that uh that uh, that jerks you around as like an audience. It it, it very uh I would say very uh in a controlled way like guides the uh you know the audience and the viewer um sort of building the suspense not uh not being cheap with it at all but really really um uh controlling it and letting it uh build and and uh that anticipation um definitely Uh, crawls into you as you're watching this film. It doesn't just try and um, uh, like I said, uh, like jerk you around or um, put, throw you off. It definitely is a movie that wants you to sort of sink in and then, um, and earn, like you're saying, uh, those, those scares. So
0: obviously we're going to wrap up this non-spoiler section. Hopefully we spoke enough to, you know, uh, again, make you the listener want to get out and watch it or not. But and, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about what the ratings are, like on IMDb and also Rotten Tomatoes. But uh, I think both of us have been pretty positive on the movie. Uh, I obviously recommend it. I would say definitely go watch it in the movie theater. Um, t- tonight is opening night. It's a Thursday night. So I felt like that kind of explains the the audience. You know, I expected a fuller house, but it is, again, it was like the, the last showing on a Thursday night. You know, um, I feel if. It was like a completely, you know, full theater. It, I think maybe it would have been been even scarier, uh, just because everybody would be sharing that same feeling of um, suspense and all that good stuff. But on IMDb, uh, it has a seven point zero, and that's just a little under fourteen hundred votes at the point. Which actually, I'm I'm pretty surprised. I thought that it would be a lot more than. 1400 but again this is opening night Uh and on Rotten Tomato a rare 100% uh, fresh so the average rating on here it says uh, 8.2 out of 10 um, but everyone is saying that it is uh, definitely fresh and I still don't understand the the Metacritic rating it's like a 8 points or 87 or something like that do you know what that is?
1: Uh, I mean that's like fairly high. I thought Metacritic was out of a hundred, so I mean 87 out of hundred is, you know, that's good. Oh, solid, I'm sorry, eighty-two. So close oh, to 80, eighty-two. Well, that's eighty-two. Yeah, that's still still pretty still solid, good. though. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, so we both liked it. Uh, you agree? Definitely go watch it in the movie theater.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I I would definitely agree. I would say, um, uh, this is definitely a film to catch. Uh, definitely, um, get it in the theater. I think you'll feel uh the sort of intensity in the film um when you're looking at it like that i agree with your statement too the audience felt kind of small um and again i i only heard about it through a trailer like on youtube so like maybe the advertising or the uh marketing wasn't um super big for some reason because um, yeah it did seem even for a late movie that uh that there weren't too many people in, um, in the, in the theater, but again, it is opening night. It's a Thursday. It's not your, your weekend, your opening weekend. So, um, I think, I think the numbers in terms of the ratings are slowly going to creep up as more and more people see it. Um, I think, uh, people who enjoy this kind of film, um, and who know Jordan Peele's name will be impressed and will, uh, you'll see some of those, uh, some of those scores maybe move up even further.
0: I, I do have another question to ask you before we get into the uh, the spoiler section, but uh, this movie deals heavily on uh, race, and uh, I, I want to ask you, being a white male, like what do you what what can you say to those that you know um, maybe don't want to watch this movie just because they they feel like it's some some sort of you know, just one man's opinion on you know interracial uh, relationships. Which, by the way, um, Jordan Peele his his wife is Caucasian, so. <laughs>
1: I didn't know that about Jordan Peele, but that that is a funny, interesting way to maybe understand the film after the fact. <laughs> is uh, what kind of relationship they they have? <laughs> um, it's,
0: yeah, I just I don't know, man, because I, I I have seen some things uh, on the uh, social medias where people are like, oh, I'm not gonna watch that because of this. Like, oh yeah, you know, there's definitely some naysayers out there that don't want to watch it just because it you know deals with race.
1: Yeah, see, that's kind of. <sighs> That's unfortunate, um, because I think at its core, it's a really solid horror movie and that the, I think the, the race aspect is present, but it, there's no point in the film where I felt like that was the, um, that it was, like, getting, you know, shoved or forced at all. Like, it felt like, and I think this, uh, again, is a testament to the writing and the actors, um, that the the race aspect was, like, a conversation that occurs in the film, and it feels very much like a conversation and not like a, this is, um, it, is. it was clearly important, but not, um, not, I guess uh driving the film itself I thought I thought the the idea of, of it as a uh, as a horror film as like a genre film was what was what was really driving it
0: okay so um yeah, and just to uh, I, I just looked it up but yeah she his wife is of Russian Jewish descent
1: so. oh yeah,
0: so, so there we go uh, oh and uh, she's an actress that was in Brooklyn 99 that I didn't know about her you know oh yeah, I didn't I know didn't. that either. Yeah, I, I've watched like the first couple episodes, that was it, but um, so there you go, both comedians. Okay, so uh, at this point, I'll go ahead and play the trailer to give you guys the opportunity to pause the episode before we get into spoilers, because I feel like we're going to talk quite a bit about uh, some things. You got
1: your toothbrush? Do You have your deodorant? You have your cozy clothes? Got that. What? Do they know I'm black? Should they? You might want to you know. Mom and dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked that he's a black man. <laughs> black. I ain't never seen you like this before, bruh. Meeting families and taking road trips. So come back all bougie, man. Come back, get your damn pants up to your damn stomach. <laughs> <Here> he <goes. laughs> you smoke in front of my daughter I'm gonna quit she'd take care of that for you how hypnosis I'm good actually are you ready for this I'm back in B so look I go do my research <laughs> apparently a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb but it's cool
0: bro how you're not scared of this, man
1: good not see another brother around here Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here <laughs>
0: Get out. Sorry, man. Okay. Get out! Yo!
1: <laughs> Rose, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Rose, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Rose!
0: Sink into the floor. Wait, wait, wait. wait, Mom, it's
1: a terrible thing to waste.
0: All right. So, again, that was the trailer at this point. We are talking spoilers, so if you don't mind, we're gonna talk about it. And so, hopefully, you've seen the movie. If you haven't, uh, again, hopefully, actually, I I feel if you haven't seen this movie, this is like Six Sense, right? Um, if you got spoiled on Six Sense, I, I feel that takes that you know that robs you out of that like organic uh, reaction to a lot of like the twists and turns and stuff like that. So, Josh, I I, I want to ask you. G- the the little that you did know about the movie and having seen the trailer, what did you have in your mind as far as like the family or wh- how did you think things were gonna
1: go? Um. So, uh, from what I remember of the trailer, um, there was definitely a kind of like. Uh, um, uh like abduction kind of sense or something that I got from the trailer itself. So I had I had a feeling that it was gonna be um uh centered around something like that uh in terms of you know this character gets into the situation and then realizes the situation isn't quite what it seems or or uh, something abnormal um happens like uh, I was thinking of the movie uh You're next from uh twenty eleven. Um uh, sort of similar where a bunch of people meet or uh, a party guests meet at a house. And then the house is attacked by like vandals and it, it kind of becomes a hostage type situation. Then, um, I thought something similar might happen kind of in this film. And that's not exactly what happens. Um, but, uh, there are still elements of, uh, of, uh, one character kind of like having to, you know, fight his way out, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, definitely the idea of like a, an abduction, uh, uh, from the, from the trailer.
0: Yeah, I I did read that um Jordan Peele kind of cites um inspiration from Night of the Living Dead which uh, also has a African American uh protagonist and so that's kind of what we have here with uh Chris um as the lead. Now, the beginning of the movie was uh it was kind of interesting because we have uh, Andre who we find out that's that's what his name is. Right. Uh he's walking through the suburbs trying to find some kind of house. And immediately he gets kidnapped. did you have any idea what was going on at all?
1: um no, not quite uh I didn't um sort of watching that the opening yeah sequence and opening scene uh was a bit of a surprise. It definitely helped um establish the tone immediately because uh uh the character you know gets abducted off the side of the street basically um and thrown in the back of this car and uh and then it cuts to the um to the title and then we get the main characters coming on screen and, and the film progressing from there. But you have, you know, this very focused, uh, scene. It's very short. Um, the, there's almost not enough time to create like tension in that opening scene. Um, it's so direct. And, uh, I just remember some of the dialogue that, uh, the Andre character says where he's talking on the phone, trying to find this house. And, uh, this car basically pulls up behind him, starts following him. And he, and he just, you know, uh says nope like i'm out i'm like he turns around to leave and then it's at that point um that the car uh the driver of the car like off screen kind of like manages to sneak up on him and then uh and then put him to sleep uh with a choker hold uh basically or choke hold rather and um, watching that uh again like very immediately established that like something was you know Something was wrong, uh, in in this neighborhood or whatever. Um, either you, there's some sort of vigilante or some sort of, uh, I guess I was thinking maybe like a serial killer or something like that because he kind of like stalks him a little bit uh, right in that early in that beginning film or uh, scene rather. And um, and and then he he doesn't, but he doesn't like he doesn't kill him in that opening scene. He like he takes him away, he captures him. So again, that idea of the abduction like immediately uh made sense to me. Um, thinking about the the trailer and like where the film was gonna go uh, from there.
0: I see. I was a little confused because I thought that uh, Andre's neck got snapped. So I thought I thought we were looking at a lifeless body right there. Uh, oh, to be honest yeah. with you, yeah. So so I didn't even get the sense that um you know he was put into a hold. But you know I don't I don't know about MMA, which uh, is kind of brought up a little bit later on. But right. I I do like how Andre was kind of walking around and he is talking out loud. And I feel like somebody that is scared enough, you know, um, you know, maybe would kind of speak out loud just in case somebody happens to be walking (laughs) by, you know, maybe they can get a little bit of help. But uh, I feel like, yeah, I need to hear my own voice, too, just to kind of, I don't know, just to make it. Make it seem a little bit more like I'm not alone, I guess. Right. You know? <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Deep in my thoughts.
1: Yeah, no, I I would completely agree. I've definitely uh I've definitely done that myself. Like I feel being like we how, all have. Yeah, uh, again, yeah. You know,
0: it kinda goes back to that what we were saying about like, you know, the dialogue and how people act. They feel like real people. Um but, uh, so we get that, uh, the scene of the leads that you mentioned. And I just love that song Redbone by Donald Glover, uh, aka Childish Gambino. Uh, definitely my favorite song off that, uh, his newest album. And, um, I felt like everybody was grooving to it. I feel like, uh, I think I saw you kind of bopping your head a little bit too. You know, when yeah, the song came on. Yeah.
1: No, the, um, and I, I, I had read, uh, something briefly about that too, about the, the soundtrack, um, in particular for this film having a, um, uh, uh, a influence towards, um, uh, distinctly black voices and black musical references. And you get that like right away. And, um, and I felt the music, uh, both the original soundtrack and the, um, uh, the general choices for the score were really, really well done, um, both in creating a film that felt um, sort of on par in terms of feeling organic and natural in the same way that the conversations feel natural. Like, I felt like the music was very much in conversation um, with the tone of the film, and it all just sort of, like, flowed and fit together really well.
0: Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, um, in that opening scene with Andre, like or, or when that scene actually ends... there was like the strike of the violin chords that was very very reminiscent of like uh, alfred hitchcock
1: movies right yeah i was gonna also i was i was very much gonna say that like the uh the soundtrack for this film uh, is almost like playbook like hitchcock like it like it hits all these kind of familiar cues and i would say that this film in general like as a as a genre like horror film um it, it, it's not trying to like redefine what horror is, but it, it very much like, uh, takes from and uses, and yeah, I would say even makes like homage to, um, uh, classic, uh, horror films from, like you said, very Hitchcockian, uh, um, in the soundtrack and even in some of the, um, suspense and thriller, like feel, feel of the film. Um, uh, I like the idea of this film again as like uh, almost a uh, playbook in that like it just does very um uh what I would say are like staple horror film like uh, maneuvers and shots and stuff like that without ever feeling like dated or feeling um, that it's like a stretch or or over the top like too um, much of a reference or anything like that like everything done on like a technical aspect, uh, in direct, in terms of direction and shot and sound is all, um, like very well composed together. And at the same time feels, uh, very, like I said, reminiscent of what, um, comp- what is essential to like, uh, the horror genre.
0: Yeah. The, so they have the, 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 the big talk, you know, uh, Chris kind of figures out that maybe, um, what's her name the rose. rose yeah yeah rose that maybe she hadn't told her parents about him being black so they had that talk too right and uh i, I did kind of like that uh, i didn't think there was anything silly about it but i, I think it's pretty straightforward and a, a very honest conversation uh, we find out a little bit later that they've been together for like only five months so um chemistry right. worked for me you know i i actually bought into their relationship um so when they go on this trip, it's a, it's a very long trip. We we also get to meet uh, his best friend Rod, who's a TSA agent. Okay, yeah, I guess the, we can call he, him.
1: Yeah, he's a works at the he's yeah he's exactly the tsa agent um in like in the actual airport
0: <laughs> yeah and he's also the comedic relief which i feel right uh you know i i am not being racist here but my co-host on Week got five is uh you know he, his personality is very similar you know like he can be serious but still like you, you would still find him funny even though he's serious uh that's just that's just how some people are you know these are real people um so I thought Rod was a uh, a great character but that scene man when they hit that deer that got a you know and I think I knew that was coming too because you know we we seen in the trailer that they've been stopped by a police officer did right. did that come out of nowhere for you as well
1: Um it did for me cuz again uh, uh I lo- I watched the trailer like once and just got excited for like what Okay. kind of film it was so i didn't i didn't like dwell on it or like look into it anymore so um i was almost kind of going into it uh uh without very much preconception um because by the time i got into the film i sort of i'd forgotten what specifically had happened in the trailer um but that was that was an interesting scene too because you get to see something kind of interesting in chris and it actually does a lot to um to foreshadow in the film uh so one of the things that occurs later not to get like ahead of ourselves but uh um chris has a sort of moment where he's describing the death of his mother and his mother was hit in a in a hit and run and she laid on the like side of the road and um and and took a while to die. Basically you find that out, he he describes as much later. And that's sort of what happens with the deer, is they hit the deer and he goes over and views it and there's like an intense moment, but we as the audience at that moment like don't know why it's so intense for him. Um and I'm only kinda like really thinking about the connection now. Uh but I think, you know, he's, he's seen that deer and he's imagining, you know, his, uh, his mom being hit by a car and, um, it, cause you see him kind of go into like a slight episode and then he, he, you know, he comes out of it and then, uh, and then obviously that gets played up again later with another character, um, uh, getting hit by a car, but you know, we might talk about that in a bit.
0: Yeah. Oh, sure.
1: But, um, uh, so the deer like it didn't even it didn't really even occur to me it just seemed like that almost seemed again kind of like one of those um classic horror movie like kind of jump scares uh type of thing where um you know this this happens the animal gets hit uh while they're driving in the wilderness um again sort of like almost like i said playbook and that it, it wasn't anything like different but uh everything again just uh in terms of direction and shooting it didn't feel like awkward or like like a cliche in the film at all like it felt very much again earned that uh um it had built towards this um uh uh to their to their trip to their journey because like you're saying they had this there's having this conversation before they go um and uh and i guess that's something i would mention um before the break i said the film i didn't feel the film was very much about race but it's constantly in conversation in the film um which i think is important to like note you couldn't you there's no way you could separate the idea of race from this film um e- even as i say it's like very hitchcockian or or whatever um uh But anyways, back to the, the jump scare of the deer. Uh, I wasn't ready for it, but, um, I felt like, again, it, it fit in, fit in like well, fit in fine. And it led to the convert, the confrontation you're saying where, uh, a police officer shows up and the conversation very much becomes like, well, why he, this, this black man wasn't driving the car. Like, why do you need to see his ID? And his his girlfriend gets like kind of um uh excited about it, and she's like, you don't like you're you don't need to see his ID. He wasn't driving. He wasn't doing anything. And he's like, no, no, no. I'll uh I'll do, here's my state ID. And he just he just like goes with it because he's just like he's complying, like which is something um again to sort of break away from the film. That's something you hear a lot in terms of um when you're talking about uh interactions between uh black black men black people with the police there's like well if if they just like complied or like if um they just followed like regulations whatever it was and he he like does that i think i think that's another thing that's really good in, about this film in particular is chris is a uh chris is a character is very aware of himself like as a black man in a white uh in a white neighborhood in a white world um and feeling those like pressures, like, which is why, you know, he asked that question in the first place is like, do they know that I'm black? And, uh, and, and, you know, she responds, oh, no, it's fine. They like, they loved Obama. Like, they kind of, the writing <laughs> I thought was really good because, because uh, it's just sort of that kind of like, um, it all gestures towards that, uh, kind of soft, uh, racism, you might call it, where, um, you know, they, when once they finally meet the father he's like my man and like that kind of thing like where it's it's racism without being like uh without being like violent necessarily it's like a much more subtle racism that that gets played into the film and i think i think that's the real comment of the film like stepping away from the horror genre but talking about the film like as a a piece of art that's like in conversation with race is very much in approaching race not as the sort of way we typically think of it uh and and racism in the way you you know you think about it with like white hoods and kkk like that violent in your face racism but instead that subtle like slightly more quiet racism um that still exists and i think the film does a really good job of exposing that without while still creating a very like very well done like horror film
0: yeah. Well, very well said. I mean, it's definitely a social commentary. Um, yeah, that police officer, man, like you're absolutely right. It's, you know, it's, it, it, they're in the South. I mean, I know that the movie was filmed in Alabama. And so, I mean, yeah, the police officer, I, I thought that he was going to have a, a, a bigger play in this, uh, actually. So, uh, that was definitely interesting. Um, now, I do like what you had to say, that he's very, very aware. And I know that we get a drop line of Rose saying that he's like the first black man that she's been with. And I, I just I was just like, oh, OK, but but she couldn't be that ignorant. Right. <laughs> that uh, that people feel this way. So that in itself, you know, kind of made me raise an eyebrow a little bit. But also the fact that, you know, the way she stood up for him, that, that was nice, you know, to so gain his trust. Like, hey, I, I do this for you. Yeah, right. But the the whole Obama line about her dad, like, he'd vote for Obama, like, for a third term. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then, like, when, when the dad says it, I was like, wait a minute, that's that sounds a little too rehearsed. But right. And I was like, well, maybe he just says it often. But I thought that was still weird for, you know, Chris being the first black guy that she's ever brought home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, and I think in reflection, like you see that kind of stuff, um, uh, uh, revealed a little more, especially, um, uh, cause as you find out in the film, like, uh, Rose, uh, Rose does this, like, this is her thing that she does is that she brings, um, again, we're gonna, this is a big spoiler, uh, but she brings black men back to, um, to the house, to the family. And, and I think she is the reason why she does it. she is clearly the like best actress or actor like in the family. Um, cause it, as the film progresses on, you realize there's a lot of ruse, um, to put it, uh, m- mildly going on. Um, right. Uh, and, and you're right in that, like the, when, when he said it, it almost did feel, um, uh, it, rehearsed. it yeah, it almost did feel rehearsed and it kind of does like throw back or or question like well how does rose know that that's like what he's going to say like is it just because and and i think she makes it like more natural that like by the way my dad's going to like say that he loves obama and he would he would vote for him for a third term if he could you know because they're they're very open minded people you know uh, that kind of thing um i thought uh It was very clear that, uh, that the father character was putting in a bunch of effort to try and like connect with Chris as a, as a white man to like a black man. Um, and to the point where, you know, it felt like awkward, but I think that again was like part of the writing. Like it was very much supposed to feel like awkward and, and like kind of, uh, uh, just a little obnoxious and, um, to the point where it would grate on a character who was sort of already aware a character like chris who was already aware of the sort of uh uh because he's had to live through it the sort of strained and um and uh just racial relationships between black men and white white people
0: yeah when when they arrived to the house i it, you know uh, again i i hope that i said this you know before the break that I mean, this this movie had me guessing just about the entire way you know i was trying to i was really trying to uh avoid it but i i just couldn't help but trying to like figure out what the twists are gonna be because i did know that was coming and just seeing walter the groundskeeper and georgina who also uh works i don't know i guess she's kind of a maid yeah and... she's like a
1: housekeeper or something like this. she does a bunch of different things around the house
0: yeah, I and just seeing them like I was just trying to figure it out like what what is it you know what's what's up with them and why the stairs and all that, so I, I guess you know the uh, here we go another big reveal here is that you know they uh, it's it's a bit of um the a transference right like what they did with Professor X in right. uh, the the Last Stand so it's, yeah that's kind of what we got going on here so I guess there's a residual of their consciousness you know that is still inside of their body so who is it that is staring it, is is it themselves
1: right um and that was something yeah that that's like kind of my one point of confusion around this film cuz they kind of basically what they build up to is that um they've been using these uh um uh these black people uh f- like for their bodies like using their black bodies in order to um Uh, Like you're saying, um, create some form of like transference of someone's like personality or something like that. But it was kind of it wasn't confusing in that like I really needed to know exactly because I was just so focused into like the tone and the feeling of the film And, and enjoying that that like I wasn't too concerned about it. But, uh, the film sort of leads you to believe that, uh, these characters have been hypnotized, um, and, uh, the hypnotism has caused them to become, you know, either, um, Uh, controlled or like docile or uh uh even they say you know enslaved at one point um in the film and uh and you see that in these uh in these characters um uh Georgina and what was the other Walter uh Walter yeah Walter and Georgina they they seem very um uh sort of disconnected like kind of like not spacey but um overly polite and uh uh and the character chris you get to see the interaction between chris and these characters and him trying to like figure out what their deal is you know he thinks like maybe something's just off with them and then slowly uh um he, the suggestion of hypnosis becomes more and more present and so he, he he think maybe um uh, or, or rather, the Rod, uh, Rod character sort of suggests that they've been hypnotized and like they've been hypnotized to to work or or whatever. But you find out it's even weirder later in that people of uh, of their own family, in this case, um, Walter, for example, is uh, Rose, um, Rose's grandfather apparently like transferred onto Walter, which I thought seems kind of weird because they do like he does like yard work, so like I don't know. Who is like a grandpa would want to like get transferred over and then do yard work for their like kids? I guess at a certain point you just like doing yard work.
0: But. <laughs> I I feel like that's just um what, what they have to do when they have like a certain guest over. Oh, you know, like sure. It's just a facade, so, yeah. The facade so, to blend
1: in. That's a really good point because uh, that yeah. is something that occurs a lot. There are a lot of facades and sort of like acting that occurs. I, I hadn't really cared, but that would make that would make the most sense.
0: Yeah, like I what I do like is that um you know there's this pushback between like the original uh, selves, you know like Georgina right. Georgina and Walter and then obviously the the grandparents. Um what I do like is also like the the way I, I guess the uh direction that the actors are given on how to play them because it, you know like too subtle I I feel would not work. Like the the, the way that they act uh is a little bit more unsettling so i feel that's mm-hmm. more effective to keep us kind of unsettled
1: right yeah i would agree that the the um that the dialogue that walter and georgina offer up to um to chris when he tries to talk to engage them uh is very like stilted and very uh very off-putting and very awkward but when you think about it like Uh, it makes sense because they have, you know, like a white person's mind, like in there. And that white person is an old white person in this case and has no idea how to like talk to or relate to Chris. So they just have this like. They have this almost like grandmotherly, like grandfatherly kind of conversation and like uh, not conversation, but sort of like way of talking. And you don't think about that when you're watching. You just know that something is awkward and off-putting in their conversation. But it's kind of like funny now thinking backwards. It was like, well, no no wonder like they wouldn't even know how to talk to him uh, or like, in uh, a realistic you know, manner.
0: What about when Chris is like, oh, it didn't mean a snitch on you. You know, and she's like, snitch? Right. And he And then in context, she kind of deduces that, oh, uh, to rat out and and what have you. So that's all very interesting. Now, I was thinking about this. um, You know what? I'm getting chills right now just thinking about Georgina's face because it's so creepy. But I was thinking about this on the way home, and I was just questioning myself, like, what's up with the unplugged phone? And just kind of thinking back, like, there is, like, no technology at the household, you know? And I feel... That uh, here's another reveal that the flash, kind of kind of does something to the the hypnotized, right? So I, I guess Georgina was the one that was probably unplugging the phone so that way his phone would stay dead, so that way he can't use the phone, but also, you know, wouldn't have to have the flash. But also, it's kind of interesting because he also carries a camera around with him, but he right. he's never had to use the flash uh, there. So so I kind of like what what. They were doing with the cell phone, but then like don't really address it with the camera, which I'm I'm completely fine, obviously. But yeah. I mean, the callbacks are great, and they're all right. earned, and yeah, definitely, and everything. Uh, yeah, and everything just kind of tightly written, you know, kind of like like Breaking Bad, you know, everything. That there's a callback too, and. I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm lost for words right now, man. No, like, I'm just thinking about the movie.
1: Yeah, I would completely agree. Like that's a um a good a good point about the uh, the idea of the phone, like um clearly being like unplugged. Because yeah, my thought obviously was that uh, um they didn't want him trying to contact anybody, uh, so they wanted his phone to be out of batteries. But yeah, one of the things that occurs uh, in the film is that a, a flash from um uh, from in, hi- from in, in Chris's case, from his, uh, his cell phone, like causes some of these characters, uh, who have been transferred upon, um, to sort of break out of that for a moment. Um, like, cause they need to be, they end up needing to be like re-hypnotized or, um, uh, or, or gone through another process. Cause what, what ends up happening is you actually meet, and the reason though, the whole, like, film kind of like uh, unravels is because andre from the opening scene you meet him later in the film and that's like when you really know like something like s- sinister and weird is going on now and like he his he he dresses completely differently at this point um from the way he dressed in the beginning of the film and uh speaks differently and uh sort of like holds himself uh, completely different um but they, it, it ends up turning out that uh, they vaguely like recognize him. And that's how um, Rod and uh, Chris sort of start to work together to figure out that, you know, every, everything is wrong um, out in the suburbs. Yeah,
0: I think um, kind of thinking back to the trailer, I thought that there was going to be like some kind of supernatural element to it. Um, when we saw, when I saw Logan in the trailer... Uh, or andre logan slash andre uh i I thought that he was like some sort of ghost just because of the way he dressed you know like this this, interesting yeah so i thought this movie was kind of going that way uh which it, it doesn't so i i do like that and aside from the cell phone and possibly the camera this movie is almost timeless like you could set this in like the last couple decades almost
1: right right you um uh it really it really does um kind of fit in anywhere and i think there's a lot of things that occur in the film um that do that one you sort of you uh gestured a reference to um Night of the living dead in which uh, i don't know if have you ever seen that movie have you um, seen the, the original one it came out in like 1965 or something
0: I, i'm not oh d- no i i doubt it
1: um i i would highly recommend it it's it's like the first quote-unquote like zombie movie um uh, directed by george uh romero um and the main you know character who really drives the film is this like black man of course it's in the 60s so like racial relationships are even more strained uh which um, which uh becomes kind of a kind of a point at the end of that film but um in in that film the smartest character is this uh this black protagonist in the middle of all the this sort of horror survival scenario and i think there is a lot of echoes um in in chris in that like he's he's a character who's who's aware that something is off and he can like start to put it together and um and start to figure out uh uh kind of what's going on and um you know he gets he gets that like sense like tingling um that uh the the things are off and uh, um to the point where you know he uh later in the film wa- like wants to go wants to leave and they is trying to get uh, him and Rose to just to just go ahead and call the weekend off and and leave um which doesn't turn out obviously the way that he wants it to um. But in terms of uh, other kind of callbacks or uh, sort of um, reference, this film and the Stepford Wives, because uh, you again have this like idea of um, making Stepford Wives, the original one from uh, nineteen seventy five, I believe, um, has the uh, the the wives of the women sort of moving into this neighborhood. Um, they make them, you know, subservient by turning them into robots. And in in this, fi- in this film, they sort of make them, um, uh, they use the, the bodies of these black, um, people, um, in a, in a slightly different way so that they can like inhabit them, but they kind of make them, uh, sort of, uh, they trap them, um, uh, psychologically within their own bodies, um, at the same time. Uh, but it has, it, it very much like lends to this feel of sort of that awkward, um, or, 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 or or, not some, not everything is right. Something is very wrong, uh, in this scenario, uh, kind of tension. Um, and that tension doesn't, that tension builds over a a long period of time in the film. Um, I don't know if you felt that way or you noticed, or, uh, that was something that stuck out to you. But, uh, what I thought was really great was that, um, they don't like jump into, it doesn't become like a ridiculous over the top, um, kind of he has to uh, fight his way out in increasingly absurd um, manners and ways to like escape and survive. And instead the film, I think f- spends a lot of time building up the unsettling um, atmosphere and unsettling environment and setting that they're, that they're in and, um, and really lets the audience um, slowly cue into that. But um, I think at the same time, you're kind of supposed to feel the perspective of Chris throughout the film in that, like uh he doesn't quite know what's going on and he's trying not to jump to conclusions uh, and he's trying to manage, you know, his, his expectations of, of the world he lives in and dealing with racism that he's had to deal with. And then dealing with the scenario that he's in, in this film where everything just kind of feels off and suddenly he's like, okay, well they are just like, you know, white people who are not connected enough to realize that they're being a little racist or, or realize that they, um, uh, are behaving in like a way that's, that's off-putting. But then obviously it, it turns out that it, they really are like, it really is like an abduction, like crazy, weird, um, uh, psychological horror thriller scenario. Um, which, uh, I think again is like earned like, uh, the, the, there's not any I think oh, there's not an an absurd amount of over the top violence in this film. I think all the violence is um is built towards so that it it you feel how intense it is without making it kind of ridiculous. Like at no at no point it did it feel ridiculous, which I thought was really impressive for a horror movie because a lot of horror movies feel kind of ridiculous at, at sometimes.
0: Oh yeah. Oh well said. Um that, uh, let's talk a little bit about the 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 scene where Chris gets hypnotized. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think uh, Daniel played a just so well acted. You know, I, I believe those tears are are real, and uh, him talking about his mother. And at at one point, I thought that he might have been even channeling his his eleven year old self. You know, and I, I think that's the way the the actor probably played it. But I did like how, again, this is probably like a, um, you know, a a director's choice in, in how the actor should have played it. But, you know, often you think about somebody who's hypnotized, they're kind of monotone and, you know, they're in a certain space, right? Where they're just not even thinking, they're just answering the questions that are being asked in this movie, like... Like, uh, again, like, I feel Chris was kind of channeling his 11-year-old self, and that's actually who, like, the mother is speaking to is this child, you know, um, at that very moment in his life. So uh, so I really like that scene, and it's just so well acted. And there's this uh, whole thing about sinking in into uh, this, this very spacious place, and we get this imagery of, like, the uh, Missy, the mother, who's, like, looking through, like, a window, and you see Chris in this in this space i guess and i kind of like that cuz again it paints like this imagery of having like the residual of like one's consciousness you know in in this big old space that would uh, eventually be filled with somebody else you know um kind of crazy what 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 are your thoughts on that scene
1: um yeah, I uh, I thought it was really well done, especially again, um, sort of building that sense of uh, sort of psychological horror or like terror, like the um, repre- the visual representation that um, uh, was created in the film of this. Uh, um of chris's character sort of falling into i think they call it the sunken place in the film um that's sort of like detached but just able to see um you know uh like he 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 doesn't have any more control over his body but he can still from a distance like see through his own eyes and see what's occurring and um That whole, that just like atmosphere that, uh, was created, um, or that, or that sort of setting that's created, uh, the sunken place where, where Chris gets sent, um, through hypnosis is, was, you know, unsettling. And I think, I think really well done, um, again, both in, in just sort of design and and sound design along with it, um, the minor thing about like hypnosis is that's not exactly how it works. Um, like you, you, in order for hypnosis to work from what I understand, you actually have to be like willing for it to work. Right. Um, but it, it didn't really matter. Obviously this is a, like a convention for the film to make the film like go. Um, and, and I think you're right in that, like, uh, maybe it's part of the, um, process for uh uh like who they who they ultimately bring back like to um perform hypnosis on that sort of like a uh, traumatic event that that chris had maybe they didn't know about that and that just was sort of like circumstance but like the idea of him um you know he reveals that his mother had died from a hit and run and uh, she never showed up at home and his character as an 11 year old boy like didn't know what to do so the boy just like sat there watching TV and like, kind of became you know paralyzed wasn't able to move and like the uh the hypnosis um process in the in the film like taps into that uh in, in a way um that again i think is just really good writing like that it all just sort of like connects and strings together and makes sense like that you're like okay yeah they're psychologically like tapping into this uh moment and traumatic moment in chris's uh background in his past where he was like you know physically paralyzed by you know the possibility or the fear that you know his mother was never gonna gonna come, wasn't coming home because she hadn't made it home on time already. And um, this character, uh, you know, he talks about his reaction after the fact, how he learned that his mother didn't die immediately from getting from the hit and run, but in fact she was injured and had laid on the side of the road. Um, and him sort of feeling that like pangs of regret of being like, oh, I could have done something. I could have done something. Which again is a very organic like human moment that you get to see. Um, in this film uh, of Chris, you know, because I'm sure everybody's maybe not had an experience that intense, but you've definitely, I would say a lot of people have had experience where it's like, Oh, I probably could have like done something. Um, uh, after the fact, you think about things like that. Like you very much have that, those kind of like regrets. Um, and, or you've had scenarios where have been like, Oh, if I, you know, if I hadn't been so paralyzed by whatever it was at the time, like, uh, anxiety or stress or fear or whatever, like that something could have gotten done, um, and something could have changed. So it seemed that like, that moment of chris's past like ties into their objective um the family's objective of making him into uh you know like a um uh uh a mindless body or a, a hypnotized body that they can use for their own like purposes like it managed to line up really well and again i think visually made sense with some of the things that occurred in the film or thematically made sense with them hitting the deer and later you um uh when chris is trying to finally escape at the very uh climactic end of the film he ends up hitting georgina on the road and he can't leave her behind because you know i think in his mind he sees her as you know uh sort of like his mother the um the black woman like you know who got hit and is on the side of the road now so he can't he can't he can't just leave her back there of course we as the audience like know that she's not all Georgina anymore she's you know part part grandma of this like messed up family um that psychologically like tricks people and transfers uh transferred the personalities of other of other people into their into these bodies into these people um but i i i thought it was uh i thought that was just like really um really well done in terms of tying all those things together not making it feel like strained or like a stretch but everything being you know very thematically connected
0: yeah i, I again well said yeah, you touched on a lot a lot of things that um Um, you know I I was going to bring up as well but uh, obviously we don't want to like I guess talk the listeners ear off about everything but uh, before the break you did tease a scene that made you jump was it the scene when Walter starts running towards Chris
1: oh actually um that was terrifying like that's one of those few moments that was like of earned terror where because it, and again that's very like a uh, classic um sort of uh horror film um like cuts where it like you, you're watching chris sort of out there um he's he's trying to sn- sneak a cigarette break in in the middle of the night and he's just sort of like on the uh, in the backyard just kind of like looking out at the trees and everything and you get this nice cut of like kind of of uh, profile of chris and then the Uh, you know a a shot of the trees and then a profile of chris again and the shot of the trees and then in the distance you see this like this like kind of blur of movement just slowly approaching and it like cuts again and then you you get you know you get the cut after that and it's closer and closer and all of a sudden you start feeling that like really intense like oh like something is charging him like just charging right at him and um and and it's very unsettling but that wasn't actually the scene that made me jump the scene that made me jump was the uh um was earlier when he's walking through the house and uh and Georgina Georgina yeah, Pat, <laughs> Pat passes by behind him again like kind of classic horror movie just sort of you see the thing in the background but there was the most ridiculous like uh not ridiculous but just like on on point or almost too on point like uh you know twang of the uh uh in, in the soundtrack or whatever that's like you know that like very hitchcockian right, right. like uh violin kind of going off uh, feel and that actually made me jump because i wasn't i just wasn't expecting something as loud and uh uh as like jumpy as that to occur because again i think the film does a really good job of um slowly building tension and for that to kind of like hit suddenly was like really really shook me i really jumped jumped in my seat
0: yeah it was definitely that and walter for me just you know the 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 image of him just running towards the screen and you as the audience like you're sitting in your seat which by the way we were sitting in lazy boy's yeah, uh, you know, with our both of our feet up, you know, very comfortable. So right. we're just sitting there chilling, watching this movie. and This guy is running towards the screen. Like I feel that like I would have jumped out of my seat had it been in three D. You know, like we're sitting in our seat, we have nowhere to run. You know, right. so it was it was very effective and for me probably probably my scariest moment because I was just like, what what, what do I do? <laughs> you know, but it, but but it's a movie. It just comes at you so fast. Right. You're just like, what the fuck? You know, so. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, you know, I I felt uh, uh Rod the character was uh, super hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm sure a lot of it was improvised. You know, uh, Jordan Peele was probably like, let's kind of talk about this, and you just go at it. You know, because uh, uh, uh Lil Ray is is a comedian. Uh, was on the last Comic Standing or something like that, but um yeah i i think i think we kind of touched on a lot of the things obviously we, we don't want to talk too much because uh again the listeners probably had already seen this but uh just want to give them enough to kind of like hey let's talk about you know some of our thoughts on on the things that happened. but anything else you think that we missed out uh i did like how the end of the movie once it's over right before the credits in big letters get out you know, right. so it's like almost like a message to the audience too, like "All right, get the hell out of the theater." Like, you watched <laughs> the movie, get out now.
1: Yeah, that's that's actually pretty funny. That's a good point um, of the of the final like credit, because it is something you see in like uh, in some credits or some film, like the title displays at the very end. But in this, it kind of does has that double little, uh, that that extra little um, little push, uh, sort of jab, almost at the audience, like "Okay, you can get out of the theater now." Um, right, exactly. Uh, I feel like I I to about a lot of things um uh and uh, uh i guess <clears throat> one thing to just to just return to the the idea of race in this film um and the sort of consciousness uh about race within this film because it is it is a point and uh um it definitely uh is is important um steven uh, roots character uh is you you find out um, watching the film that they're basically uh, uh, they're having anytime they have, a, you know, one of Rose's boyfriends, quote unquote, over to the house. It's actually, um, they're, they're bidding on him. Like there, it turns out that like, it's a party weekend family thing or whatever that they describe it as. But what's actually happening is Chris is there to meet all these potential people um that want to transfer over into his, his body basically. Uh, so you realize it's kind of, it's a, it's like a, it's a really fucked up auction essentially. Um, which totally calls back to the idea of slavery. Um, uh, and you also, but Chris managed to have a conversation. He has a bunch of very awkward conversations with a a lot of people around the party who are like kind of marveling at his body. They kind they like touch him even in one scene. Like it's, it's really, really uncomfortable and really awkward and they um, they
0: even question uh you know the size of his penis yeah like is is it true yeah Yeah. it's it's uh
1: yeah (laughs) it's and it it, again really well written in in terms of making it feel very awkward for uh for chris but he has one conversation with steven rue and steven rue is this uh, is a blind man uh who's there and you realize um he owns uh art galleries and he had started dealing in art before he became blind ended up becoming blind and uh um, and and so is there, and you find out that he's the one that actually um ends up betting on Chris's body and getting Chris's body, um, in order to get transferred over into. And then they have this conversation like at the very end of the film, um, that's very much aware where, where uh Steven Root's character, uh, um, whose name I'm totally forgetting, um, Jim Hudson, uh, with the Hudson galleries, that's right, he, um, right he says to Chris where he's like, he's aware that like all these people here are ridiculous and are like making this huge point of Chris being black. And his character says like, I don't like, care that you're black i just want like a new fresh body and um but for whatever reason it's like a thing for everybody else but for him he just wants to be able to use chris's uh uh photography like eyes his his camera um his vision yeah, his his vision essentially and um he's he and he says to him oh it it doesn't matter to me that you're like black i just like i just want to see again essentially um It's kind of like an interesting moment because you get just in the slightest little bit like the counterpoint of another of a white character saying like, yeah, these people are all like clearly racist, (laughs) but like that's not important to me, but I'm still engaging in, I'm still benefiting from like this whole scenario by being able to get a new body and get new eyes and all that sort of thing. Um, so I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting little counterpoint, um, to, uh, not necessarily like against, but, uh, just a slightly different perspective than what you were seeing from pretty much everybody else in the film. Um, and I thought it was like brief and like, and, uh, enough to be sort of poignant and well done. And, um, And it was a nice little cameo for Steven Root too, uh, to see him as this, uh, um, uh, character who is clearly like rich and affluent and just wants to enjoy the privileges of being like rich and affluent and doesn't matter who it doesn't really matter to him who that ultimately ends up, um, affecting, which I think is a really good, um, uh, and short representation of kind of, uh, uh, of wealth and privilege and stuff like that, that, um, uh, you see a little bit elsewhere, but I think more to the point, you see in his character.
0: Yeah, I um, the scene that you're uh, talking about, I actually liked a lot the the whole bingo scene and how it ends up being like an auction. Right. Uh, obviously, they try to pick like a game that's like the most boring that a young uh, black youth would probably not be interested in playing. But um, th- there's that scene where. Chris and Rose, they're having like a, like a very heartfelt conversation and that's overlapping that, um, that bingo game. And so we get no dialogue of the bingo game, but obviously like they're not even really speaking either too, because, uh, the, the father, uh, Dean, you know, he's like holding up, you know, um, his hands mm-hmm. to kind of like call out like the, you know, how, how much, you know, is everyone willing to pay? So, so, uh, yeah, I, I did like that scene
1: a lot. It's literally a silent auction. Um, it's uh yeah it was very interesting um that that whole scene and you're right like totally juxtaposed against uh um sort of chris like talking and and um sort of expressing how uncomfortable he like he's been feeling uh from the whole scenario
0: yeah so uh i i guess that wraps up our uh review of this movie uh if you guys want to continue the conversation with us uh joshua do you even have a twitter
1: I actually uh, I actually don't have a Twitter or Instagram set up right now. I've um, uh, purposefully been been putting it off. so unfortunately uh, um, you can't really get to me at the moment.
0: Well, if anyone wants to I don't know I guess send feedback your way, they can uh, send that to me. Uh, I, I have an email uh, hlfpodcast at gmail.com, but I'm also on Twitter at Podstalgic or on my personal Twitter at RIP Citizen. So, um, yeah, that kind of concludes the review. So if you want to check out any of my other content, you can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, all that good stuff. Or visit uh uh, where you can find other podcasts as well, including our official TV podcast that covers uh, a bunch of TV shows to include TV shows like Taboo, Frequency, uh, Nashville, um, Riverdale is a new one. So definitely check us out. Please consider leaving an iTunes review uh, as well. So uh, for Josh, I'm Peter. Until the next episode, thank you guys for listening.
1: Podstogic is part of Cortemp Arts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Listen to some of our other shows like Get Real Movies, Blood Guts and Blu-ray, and The Broken Brain at cortemparts.com.